Welcome to the Scalable Solutions Podcast. If you're looking to scale or start a successful online business up to $10 million, but have struggled to scale the three marketing mountains of copywriting, e-commerce, and digital marketing, the Scalable Solutions Podcast is your new base camp. You now have a serial entrepreneur behind you who's reached multiple summits of success to answer your questions so you can scale and start a successful online business. Welcome back to the Scalable Solutions Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about unique selling proposition, USP, or differentiator. Say, uh, I was just checking out an article by Peep Laja, uh, CXL article, and he was saying that USP is like a promise uh, of value to be delivered. Um, and it's like the primary reason a prospect should buy from you. Um, first of all, Martin, welcome back to the pod. And, and what do you think about those two two angles? Thanks, Wayne. First, I think that's an excellent blog. Uh, Conversion XL, they, they really do a deep dive into psychosocial and uh, heuristics and various other um, very unique and scientific approach to conversion rate optimization, and I'm a big fan. So I think they do really good work over there. Um, that's one way to define a USP. So I think there's more than one way to do that. Uh, typically, I look at a USP as something that is going to differentiate the way you're selling your product or service. Not that your product or service is unique. It's probably not going to be unique. Being hung up on being unique is typically a bad idea. Um, it's all about the market share, and there's always market share available. But your USP is what's going to differentiate you from your competitors. So if you have 50 different plumbers in your city, why will people call you? So some plumbers might sell themselves on um, being reliable. Some plumbers might sell themselves on arriving quickly. Let's say um, some plumbers might sell themselves on rapid service to a particular area, but not others. There's, it's all plumbing, but the, the way they're selling themselves or even possibly what they're selling is different. And that allows you to craft your marketing, your messaging, even your brand imagery uh, by having that unique selling proposition. So it's important to not fall in love with what you think the customers will want. It's important to know your target audience, do testing to determine what the customers respond to. Um, so my largest company, I started out with a USP that I thought that customers, or that I thought would really appeal to my target audience. It turned out that they didn't care. Um, and after I had just a handful of people that I could poll, I quickly found out that I was wrong. And had I not been willing to pivot, I wouldn't have grown. So I changed my USP. And this was just in the first, you know, one or two months of the company existing. Because I found out what resonated with the audience and it, it worked out very well. Uh, but it's really important to have that. So I'm not the only person in my space. I'm not the only company in my space, but um, I do have a unique product offering in the space, which is somewhat rare. And I definitely have a unique selling proposition uh, to go along with that. So in my case, in one of my companies, actually in both of my companies' cases, the, the product happens to be relatively unique, but that 
it's not the case the vast majority of the time. Um, so I have had other companies where it's it's not unique. Uh, the, the product they're offering is not unique, but I did tailor kind of what I was selling to be more unique. I see. And you kind of hit on a couple of things there. I think uh, quantified value, like with the plumbers, the specific benefits of a particular plumber uh, might bring to the table and maybe differentiation, um, you know, products being different and maybe even better. Yeah, I mean, you're selling plumbing services, but it's the way you're selling it. You know, how, how, how are you? And you could even boil that down further to like, what are you selling? Um, you could say that if you were selling... 30 minute response time, you're actually selling you know, speed, you know, as opposed to, you know, one could say that, that Walmart is selling discounts uh, and that, uh, you know, things like that. So it, it kind of depends on how you pitch yourself. So different companies that offer almost identical services will be quote unquote selling different things because their USPs are different. And so that, uh, affects everything about their marketing, messaging, offers, branding, that sort of thing. Now, going back to your your biggest company, you said when you started out, you kind of missed on the maybe the relevancy um, to the the target audience. There, um, would you would you agree with the statement that relevancy is about solving people's problems and like improving their situation? Um, it's funny you mentioned that. Actually, I, I would say that I didn't miss the relevancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it, it actually wasn't a relevancy issue, which was kind of amusing, but they just didn't care about that particular thing. So in this case, um, all the products I sell are from a certain place. And even though they are, and people want product from that place, pitching it as all from this place didn't work. So it wasn't something that they cared about, although it's relevant. So it was kind of like an obviously they're from that place, but what's different Mm -hmm. and so that's if you mean relevancy in terms of resonating with your target audience then yes you're absolutely right Uh, but you can be relevant and still miss the mark in terms of what your particular target audience wants so that's where it's important to know your audience and ask them what they want Um, so and that's really fascinating so when we think about asking our audience uh, what they want um how should we do that? Like, should it be in the language of the customer? And what does that even mean or look like? Uh, for me, it's generally just uh, putting out a type form survey. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple of different offerings in the space. Again, going back to, to USP, uh, type forms USP kind of is, is making forms for humans. Uh, they've had a couple of different ones actually over, over time, but um, I generally like to send out a survey. Uh, you know, email and um, hopefully you're, you're growing your email list, you're growing your messenger list. Uh, and that's how I like to send out things. Also, if, if you're growing your messenger list, you can send out a poll directly inside of messenger uh, and you'll get, you'll get feedback there. Um, and it sort of depends on how homogenous your audience is. Also, uh, if you have multiple cross sections or demographics in your audience, you're going to want to try to segment that and, and write your, your copy and things like that to that particular segment. But if your audience tends to be pretty homogenous, then you don't have to worry about it. Or if your audience is you know still pretty small, I wouldn't worry about that either. Just get a survey out there uh, and find out. Um, try to do it pretty simple terms. Try not to give people more than three or four choices. And 
hopefully you can incentivize them a little bit to, to answer. Another thing you'll learn about your audience when you're trying to survey is how engaged are they? No one opens your emails, no one takes your survey. That's a problem. It's probably going to be difficult to sell to. Uh, so something to think about there also. When you're crafting the questions for these surveys, are you trying to kind of intersect with the conversation the customer's already having in their head? Or are you going a different direction? Yeah, even even your messaging, the, the messaging you send about your messaging, <laughs> about your surveys, should appeal to them. So one of my companies, uh, my audience, really cares about giving their opinion about certain things. They just are very strongly opinionated and they really want to talk about it and share their opinion. So I appeal to that whenever I send out. I say, I want to know your thoughts. I want to hear what you have to say. I want you to tell me what it is you like kind of messages. Whereas with my other company, that's not the case. They don't really care about that so much, but they do care about convenience. So I'll, I'll pitch things a little bit different way. Um, you know, what is, uh, how can I help save you time or how can I make your life easier? Uh, let me know. So it, it, again, it boils, it like so many things, it boils down to your target audience and trying to craft things as, as accurately as you can. So for example, um, I going back to, to my first and largest company that I had kind of missed the mark on in terms of the USP, I still knew that they wanted to share their opinion. Uh, I just wasn't making that part of the USP. And so once I began to see how much they like to share their opinion, I actually started to incorporate that into the USP and even into the product, uh, which um, definitely set it apart from the, the competition and helped carve out my market share. Did your benefits, your product benefits, kind of reflect what you had learned through the surveying process? Or uh, Yes, not? yes. Yeah, so definitely. I uh, definitely always made changes based on results. Uh, I'm thankful that my audience is very homogenous, so that's relatively easy to do. Um, it, it's crazy how, how homogenous they are, actually. Uh, so it makes it easy for me to please a lot of people. Um, with even just a few survey results, although I have excellent responses to the surveys. Uh, but that, that won't always be the case. So, And if it weren't the case, what would you suggest if you have kind of a really uh, diverse audience? You'll have to segment. Uh, it's kind of odd to have a really diverse audience, especially in the early stages. It's more common if you have hundreds of thousands of, of say, customers or leads, uh, you, you'll be able to segment them into at least some more obvious categories, age range or gender, um, maybe certain preferences or purchase past purchase history, that sort of thing. When you're starting out, you need to get really focused uh, because you don't, you're not going to have all of these people to create all of these categories from anyway. Uh, you're going to have a really small audience and you're going to need to narrow it down as much as you can. You need to get super specific. You need to be able to go to like one subreddit that's all full of people that are your target customers or maybe you can even a segment of that subreddit so really really specific you should you should be able to point to you, you should really have a really good idea of, of who you're trying to sell to in the early stages because it needs to be really specific so i'm hearing the word specific uh come up a few different times and um I've also heard it expressed as like clarity. Um, now, 
Should we be thinking about the clarity um, in terms of the value a product provides with our USB? I think it's more important to focus on who you're selling to, first of all. Uh, you should, even before you begin crafting anything about your brand, you should have a, a really pretty clear idea of some key demographics. You should know the age range. You should know the income bracket. You should know their interests. You should know their uh, their likes and dislikes, uh, which is you know similar to, to kind of their interests, but not always the same. Uh, you should have these, um, you, you should know where to go to find them. Um, you should know what, if they go to the, a certain club or where they hang out or what websites or subreddits or Facebook groups or, you should be able to quickly go to them and, and relatively easily identify who they are. Um, so it's really important to know that. Like if you don't even know that or don't have any idea who would buy your product or service, or if it's a product or service that appeals to a wide range, again, such as plumbing, then that's where it's important to narrow down and narrow in on the pain points. Uh, so for example, with plumbing, obviously the pain point is you know, water on the floor or toilets not working or faucets leaking or, you know, something like that. So that's a pain point for, for all demographics. Sure. Uh, so in that case, you're, you focus on, on the pain point. Uh, ideally, you're focusing on the pain point towards the target audience. It's, it's generally, it's unlikely to have products that appeal to everybody. Usually certain services will. Product generally will not uh, unless maybe you're, running like a a t-shirt printing you print your own t-shirt type company or something where it might appeal to a, to a wide variety of of demographics um, so i think does that answer your question yeah yeah i think that helps um so when we think about kind of backing up a little bit when we think about usp or unique selling proposition um is it fair to say that a company could have a usp as well as a product having having a USP and those two may be a little bit different. Oh, definitely. Yep. I have that as well. Okay. So you can have a company with multiple different offerings. Uh, you could have physical offerings, digital offerings, you know, different physical and different digital offerings. Uh, so yes, definitely. Okay. And um, as we think about like practically harvesting or harnessing all that data and information from the surveys, at the end of the day, like, are you just looking to chunk out like a block of text with like a head, a subhead, bullets, visuals? I mean, what is this going to look like for that, your audience at the end of the day? That's definitely unique to every company, to every product offering. Um, you know, more and more things are moving away from text copy towards more visual. Uh, visual copy people don't really read too much anymore especially the younger generations so um it's it definitely goes more towards how you're reaching your audience but however you're reaching your audience you need to incorporate the data that you've acquired about them uh, which is it's too specific to a company for us to, for me to be able to give much insight there so going back to the original definition of USP, a promise of value to be delivered. Um, what have you heard from, from appreciative, uh, raving fans of your companies? How do you know 
um, just by comments and kind of things that they actually go out of their way to say when that promise of value has been delivered. I care a lot less about what they say and a lot more about what the numbers say. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, uh, while I do have people that do pay attention to that, I don't. Uh, What people say and what people do are not the same things. So uh, I have, I was just looking the other day through one of my CRMs and I have people that have rated my product a one out of 10, like the lowest, and they have amazing lifetime value. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, in, people are really inconsistent. Um, and so what I like to do is I watch the conversion rate. I watch the churn rate. Um, if it's a subscription product, especially, no matter what people say, what, what really matters is the churn rate. Mm-hmm. Um, now, getting that churn rate down and things like that, of course, depends upon in some ways paying attention to the customer. But it's it's really too easy to knee-jerk to negative feedback. You have to remember that there's a the vocal minority is a thing and paying attention to them will paralyze you. Mm-hmm. So I rarely pay attention to anything but numbers. Can you uh, talk a little bit more about uh, customer feedback and what to look for, what's important? The numbers are always number one, your conversion rate, your churn rate, and or if it's more traditional, either service provider or e-commerce site, your you know return rate, your customer lifetime value. Um, but get get feedback about, or if you can, get feedback that helps you create an impression that sets you apart. So. Zappos has a famous story about uh, a customer going, I mean, an employee going out of their way to go shopping for a pair of shoes a customer had wanted and fulfilling that uh, customer's order, even though they were out of stock on their website Um, and and many other stories like that. So Zappos decided to do their marketing by going, by providing exceptional customer service. So they basically let the customers market those stories and they marketed the stories of the customers by providing that exceptional service. And I don't, not saying that um, that's the, the way to market, but I am saying that if you can somehow differentiate yourself a little bit to leaving a very uh, overall kind of impression, something they did, just didn't expect to see or get, um, will, will really help your lifetime value and help your word of mouth, um, you know, positive reviews and things like that. Um, so, so is just using that feedback to shape your product while keeping in mind that the vocal minority is a thing and that you need to make sure you're statistically significant uh, on your your feedback. So let's say you've gotten 100 different comments collected um, and 51 of them say something, you know, relatively similar. That's probably something you should change. One, two, five, ten people going. So if one or five or ten, maybe even ten, you know, people are really angry and and venting at you, it's not a reason to change your product. Uh, I've worked with a company where the owner was always trying to please everyone. That's not possible. And he was constantly making changes and kind of hamster wheeling, trying to keep everybody happy. And again not possible and he was also making changes um, to suit 
a certain type of customer while wanting to attract a different type of customer. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that either. Mm-hmm. So you either have to split your, your product offering, or if you are small, you need to choose one. Um, there's no, really, there's no reason to split your offering if you can scale your current offering. Um, it, but so yeah, get granular with your, with your target audience. And when that bar uh, of excellence and even over delivering um, on someone's maybe expectation uh, gets higher and higher, how hard is it to maintain? Oh, it's not something you want to keep pushing. Okay. Yeah, definitely not something you want to keep pushing. Um, just focused on doing what you do and doing it well, and uh, especially your marketing. Because you can have a, a poor quality product and make a lot of money with good marketing. I mean, look at infomercials. Uh, look at the shake weight. <laughs> look at like every exercise gadget ever, every diet pill, you know, multi-billion dollar industry that does absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. But the marketing is there and people are lazy. So, sure. uh, so there'll always be an industry there. So... Real quick, what are three actionable solutions that we can start applying in our businesses uh, right away? So if you have a USP, go pull your audience to make sure that it's relevant or still relevant. If you don't have one, go pull your audience and find out uh, what they really think about what you think they think. Uh, What I mean by that is you have an idea for a USP. Go pull them and find out if it makes sense, if it resonates with them. Um, And if you are working on a new product, uh, start doing that for that particular product. So make it its own, really brand that product or that service offering if it's different from your core offering so that uh, you can easily and clearly define how you're going to market product X versus product Y and all the way through your branding, marketing, messaging, and that sort of thing. So just go create a you know, a two or three question survey with a couple different answers and find out what your audience thinks. And that will help you immensely because again, just because you think something doesn't mean that they're going to agree with you. And as a general rule, you're wrong and they're right in mm-hmm. terms of trying to sell somebody something. Um, it doesn't mean, the flip side of that is the vocal minority. Don't listen to them. You know, the, the, the vocal negative minority that are going to rate your product to one and type in all caps about how terrible it is. Ignore them. Uh, so don't try to please them. And if, let's say for our listening audience, if they're still a little bit confused as far as you know the best types of questions or just maybe some examples, if I were to, to bring you a few um scenarios and say, hey, I'm trying to, to craft a USP or at least get some feedback on this questionnaire. Is that something that you could allow us into your thought process a little bit and we can kind of package that up for our listening audience? Oh, sure. Even even a yes or no question. So um, you are selling speakers and you want to know, you think that people love speakers with lights in them that have a ton of bass and are in colored black. Go create three question survey. Say, what are your favorite colors of speakers? Black, uh, white, 
or I like to choose my color. And then the next question could be, do you like lights in your speakers? Yes or no. And provide, <laughs> you know, pictures or video if you can, visual input. And then the last can be, do you want, do you love bass boost? Do you like your, do you love your music to have heavy bass? Um, yes or no. And then, because if you were planning on a USP of, you know, making black speakers with lights and heavy bass, um, and then your audience comes back and says they like whites with maybe an increased battery life, so no lights, and uh, a more moderate sound, well, then you're going to bomb. <laughs> so uh, just keep it simple uh, and test what you're thinking. You don't have to – obviously, you can't ask your audience, hey, create a USB for me. Take what you have in your head and see what works. You know, if your USB has three components and two of them come back as successes from the survey and one like nobody cared about, uh, change it or remove it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, just, just make tweaks like that uh, and then send out another one and, and find out uh, or – you know, based on that, you decided to make some changes to the product or to the USP. Um, you know, send out a couple of more, a couple of more, especially if you've managed to increase the uh, audience. Also, ask if you don't know, or if there's an area where you don't know as much as you want about a particular audience, ask them. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're you're not sure what their age group is, or you you think it's this, but you're not sure, or you want to know more. Just put in a couple of three. A three-question thing that says, you know, 18 to 26, 27 to 35, 36 to 40 plus. Or make it simple for them to answer and, and low friction. But that'll help you find out. Um, so if, if you don't know something, find out. Makes sense. Makes sense. I used to have a boss at Canon who would say, uh, don't think, ask. <laughs> That's a good saying. Uh, and no. Um so great so we will make that available to our scalable solutions podcast listeners uh, we'll call it the, the scalable survey template you find that at scalable solutions podcast.com scalable so martin really greatly appreciate your time for this uh, session on us thanks wayne i hope you all find it useful